as always, this episode is brought to you by Set GK Goalkeeper Gloves. Gloves by the pros for the pros. With six different models to choose, they guarantee you'll find the feel and fit you're looking for. Use promo code JG25 at checkout for 25% off your order. Set GK. It all starts with your set. So, first off, I learned yesterday a fun fact about Ryan that he was a, a player coach. So that actually just came to mind. And could you talk about the dynamic of being a player and coach, and what did you know? What did you learn, and how that helped you in your in your coaching career? Yeah, it was interesting. The uh, you know, it, it's it's you're obviously wearing multiple hats, yeah. right? So you've you're trying to do justice to two different positions. Um, it's probably more more delegating how you're gonna how you're gonna use your time the right way. Um, obviously from the playing standpoint you've got to maintain a level of performance. Right. If you're a signed player you've got to maintain a level of performance but from a coaching standpoint as well you can't um, you can't do it to some to your goalkeepers as well while you're while you're designing sessions. So you've got to be a lot more buttoned up in terms of your planning, your session design and all that type of stuff. So that way when you get in, the goalkeepers have a better understanding of what's going on and the right. session can flow better. In terms then of like player selection and stuff like that, it's always an interesting one. Um, yeah. Players will think, "Oh, if you're a player coach, yeah. you know, I think I should be starting this week. Right, right. Yeah, I think I'd go with me again. I'm flying and training." Yeah, so it's it's not like that. I think that's where like the maturity has to come in. You've got to realise that you do have two separate roles, and um, while contractually they're the same, they they are two different roles fundamentally. And um, I think you've got to you've got to have a certain level of maturity to be able to separate the two. Now, from a from a coaching standpoint, if you're in if you're in staff meetings, there's stuff that you can't cross over from the playing side into into the into the staff meetings because it's it's unfair on the players. There's got to be a divide between what they see as a safe zone. Right. Um, now, if someone's effing and blind, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's one thing. But <laughs> if that's the if, if that's the case in the locker room, at that point, I have to stand up and say, right. "Listen." Now, that's not to say that ever did or didn't happen, but um, just for example, if there's stuff that you feel is 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 not of a not of a, a representative level of, of, of the pro game, then you have to step in. But that's just being right. a pro, regardless of whether you're a coach or a yeah. player. Um, and at the same point, having having the respect of the players, then knowing that listen, they can't go on about certain things if I'm there. Right. So right. you know, it, it was it was pretty good. Again, in a professional environment, it's it's possible to make that happen because I think you're generally going to deal with more more professional young adults uh, right. as against uh, as against younger men. No, it's interesting. Definitely an interesting dynamic. Um, did you learn? Did you ever feel like? the other goalkeepers kind of resented you in, in, in like a small fashion just because you're the player coach so did you know you know how did that look in training in terms of like relating to the other goalkeepers yeah it's a good question i mean like because you, you you could think that right like oh he's got one up on me because he's on the coaching side right. as well but i think like um it goes it goes back to what i spoke about in the presentations that me as a coach and uh, one of one of my highest priorities is, is to build relationships with the people that you are that you're coaching because you can't just look at them as players, right? They're, they're people first and foremost. Absolutely, so yeah. If you can, if you can build relationships with people, and that they have a, a better understanding that your your primary focus is to is to better them as as people uh, and as goalkeepers, and that you have their best interests at heart. Now, again, it's easy to say that because you might turn around and go, "Yeah, but, but what if he's not playing? Well, if he's not playing, if he if he still understands that I'm doing my utmost to improve him as a goalkeeper." I'm not going to be the one saying, oh, it's this, that, and the other. That's the head coach's decision at the end of the day. Right. All I can do is best prepare them and best develop them as much as I can. So I think the relationship that I that I did develop with Brian Sylvester was their experienced goalkeeper. Brian knew from day one, 
you know that okay this is this this guy is serious about what he does he's obviously spent a lot of time getting the qualifications he's invested in his craft and he's still a player okay interesting dynamic let's see how this goes but i had his respect from the start and to be fair to brian there was never any issues with that like oh, right. this guy's on the coaching staff i can't trust him the same with the the same with the third choice we had there brandon barnes again he, he, he fully understood what went on and i still keep in touch with, with brandon now and um he would have been someone that really kind of saw firsthand that I am willing to do additional work with right. people, I'm willing to do breakdown with people to, to, to develop them and move them on. Uh, and even after I, I move on from club to club, I think, again, he asked the goalkeepers I work with, um, did I really care about them? I think every goalkeeper would say that I did. No, that's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, touching on building relationships, as head of academy goalkeeping, I mean, you're dealing with an abundance of of kids going through puberty essentially too so it's a, you know how, how do you manage such a such a large group and how do you make them feel that you actually care about them as the person first before uh, before that goalkeeper because again too you know they're in the academy so I, I assume the end goal for at least 95 percent of them is to, to make the first team so you know what, what are some things that you and jason do to to make sure every goalkeeper feels like they're they're important yeah, so jay, jay and i would be would be so similar in terms of how we how we engage with the goalkeepers um, Again, it's different than, than coaching outfield players and that generally you're going to be dealing with a smaller group of, 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 of individuals. So I think that gives us the opportunity and, and I don't think we can make an excuse and say, oh, it's hard to build relationships. I mean, it's hard for a head coach to build relationships with every player in a roster because you're dealing with whatever 20-odd mm-hmm. players. Um, so from the goalkeeper standpoint, if you've got, you know, say five goalkeepers that, that you're dealing with on one session, you've got a handful on the next session, whatever it might be in different phases, it gives you the opportunity over, over the course of time. We've got plenty of contact time with them. You know, you're seeing them for an hour every single day, then you're in the goal with them once they get into the team. So you're spending hours and hours with these with these young men on, on, on a daily basis. And over the course of a, a day, a week, a month, a year, you know, you really, when you look back, you're spending so much time yeah. with them that, you know, it's it's shame on you if you can't really develop a relationship and, and build that level of trust that right. you know, you're someone that they can talk to if they're struggling or if they're enjoying things or whatever else that you're a shoulder to lean on. Because, you know, these young kids, they find it difficult to to open up in a team environment. You know what it's like right. being young, you don't want to go in and ask these questions that someone might turn around and go, oh, it's a stupid question. Mm-hmm. Or even the communication piece, they don't want to say the wrong thing. So if you can just lend lend, lend an ear and, and that they know that they can confide in you and trust you, well, then you're going you're, you're to get a buyback from the kids. Mm-hmm. So we look at it, there's different opportunities to do it. You don't want to just go heavy talking to them all the time. Right. At the end of the session, we'll always do some sort of breakdown, uh, you know, a, a little session analysis, we'll have a little chat with them. But even when there's when there's water breaks, right? Maybe there's one kid that's quite close. You can say, "Look, yeah. how are things going? You doing all right?" Even if it's a little bit, that's fine. But it's a little bit enough, right? Right. And I think I think that's probably the key to it. That it's not just like on a on a Monday every six weeks. I'm I'm, I'm trying to talk yeah. to them. It's it's a little bit enough, and that you are trying to maintain relationships while building. Right. So, when did you start to develop kind of your coaching philosophy, if you will? I mean gave a great presentation yesterday on what you guys do in the academy so I assume it's you know it's a never-ending process of learning and everything so but you know when did you kind of feel confident and comfortable with your coaching philosophy and in developing that as, as kind of how you grew yeah so I, I mean as a, as a player I think you're 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 probably the sum of your experiences right um, I think as a player I had multiple goalkeeper coaches some I really liked uh, and some on the other end of the scale. Yeah, right. so, so you're just picking everything. I think everything. you're trying, you're trying yeah. to find a balance, right? So I look as a goalkeeper and say, right, how could I have been better? Uh, some people probably say, how could you have been less bad? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, mean, I, I look and say, I'm a, you know, how could how could I have been a better goalkeeper? Like, what what really would have made me? What would have made me tick? What could have tested the boundaries and, yeah. and really kicked me on to it to a higher level? Um, so I kind of look at my session design and how I do that and what I think. What I think can be incorporated to to suit the kind of the game the way it's played now. Yeah. I, you know, as I spoke to you yesterday, 
you look at the game breakdowns and you see what the vast majority of actions are so in possession right. stuff I never got comfortable really on the ball until my mid-twenties and it, it was just kind of a light bulb moment where I was like why am I getting kind of like stressed on the ball like I'm playing it's a game it's a game yeah. at the end of the day like right. if something goes wrong I've got to bed I wake up the next day yeah. sun rises again we go yep. again no yep. problem like it's not the end of the world and I think it was a real light bulb moment and, and from that point forward I was like you know what Let, let's really enjoy it so it's trying to really empower the kids to 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 feel comfortable and, and to still have it as something that they enjoy. Yes, it can be competitive. Yes, they can compete. Yes, it might be stressful at times. They still have to enjoy it. Right. They still have to enjoy it. So it's trying to it's trying to harvest the young individuals to 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 emerge from your environment rather than producing players. Right. Producing makes it sound like I'm working in a car factory. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. They're each and every each and every one of them are so individual. So. Sure. You've you've got to kind of look at the individual and, and figure out what can what can you taper towards them and give them the tools to be able to emerge themselves from from an environment to be successful. So when I look at my my coaching style and my methodologies, I'd be Jay and I would be, be so similar on the same page right. in terms of the session design from start to finish. That you know, you're going to do your isolation stuff. Then there's always there's always going to be time to 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 do your passing work, whether you're doing in possession to out of possession or whether it's just a passing driven itself. I think that's got to be a staple of anyone's sessions these days because yeah. that's that's what the game looks like. What's seventy percent of it? Um, so again, my coaching style and, and, and session design—you would have seen a lot of it yesterday in, in, in the presentation. I'm an upbeat, positive person when I'm coaching yep. um, because I think when you try and reinforce positive, that's against hammering negatives. I sure. think you're going to get a sure. better buy-in. Yeah. So again, I value relationships. I value being positive and engaging. And yeah. again, that's something you would have probably seen and, and heard in the in the, in the right. session yesterday. That. Um, just energy and being positive. There's going to be times, obviously, we've got to pick things apart, but in an overall sense, I'll be able to be positive more, uh, more so, coach. Yeah, absolutely. Could you tell us, you know, that that kind of, speaking of a light bulb moment, that light bulb moment for you, but as a coach, where, you know, you're like, this is what I'm meant to do, this is why I'm here. Uh, with, the, with the Dynamo Academy, you know, what was that kind of, like, feel-good moment for you, you know, a happy story to maybe it was a kid seeing someone grow, or, you know, do, do you have a, one of those memorable moments? Yes, we've got a couple, you know, we've... Yeah. we've um, I was at the club a couple of months last year, and, and um, our under 13s won the won the Dallas Cup. And again, I'm not going to sit here and take credit for, right, the, for right. the under 13s after two months' work. But um, you know, it was it was it was a wonderful moment seeing. I mean, I, I'd heard of the Dallas Cup when I was back in Ireland, playing, um, plenty of friends that had come over and played in the tournament. So I mean, it's obviously a, a prestigious tournament. So seeing yeah. uh, seeing how happy those kids were running around it really just kind of brings it all back. That yeah, you're in a pro environment. Your job is to is, is to try and uh, to try and develop players to, to to the highest end. But just seeing the the innocence on their faces and just kind of what what football really means and what it's about. I mean, they're running around the field afterwards, running right, around with a right. dynamo flag, and you're just like, look, this is what it's about at the end of the day. Right. Um, that was fantastic. Um, now, just last month, we had uh, our under-15 starting goalkeeper who I've put a lot of work into over the last year, as has Jason and, uh, and Brenton at the club as well. So, um, Angel got called up into the into the US under 15s, which was which was great for him, right? You know, it gives it gives him a good a good gauge of kind of where he stands in right. on a national scale. But he's someone with with an abundance of of, uh, of ability, and, and it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. But nice to see his journey kind of continue and now that sort of recognition at the right. at the at the national team level. That's awesome. So now that we talked about something positive, obviously we're going to talk about something negative. You know, not not so negative, but you know, what what are some of the the challenges that you go through? Maybe on a daily, monthly basis, just working in the academy, working with different kids, and trying to get them to grow. You've got to be adaptable, right? I mean, because um, as as much as you can look at the pro game, the program's always going to be it's going to be different to what we're dealing with at, at youth level. Where, Wait, that's in where have you seen academy. yourself adapt most? Speaking of being adaptable, like over the years. So uh, it's interesting, right? Now, if you look at my pathway, it's kind of come 
kind of come full circle really. I've I've gone from coaching in the academy system back in Ireland. Uh, I came over to Division One level over here at UCF. Right. And I went into USL One, Forward Madison, USL Championship, RGB Soros, and then up into the MLS realm now. So it's it's kind of been a, a multitude of different uh, different levels, um, which has been interesting, right? They've all had their different experiences, positives, negatives, pros, cons, all that sort of stuff. And um, I think yeah, there's going to be tricky moments along the way. I think at the pro level, things are going to be a lot more clear cut in terms of you know the numbers you're going to have, you know the timing that you have, but still adaptability is going to be key. Right. When you look at the academy level, where you've got Multiple teams training at the same time. It's hard to make sure that all the coaches are on the same on the same uh, on the same timeline because you know different coaches are going to work on different things. They're going to need goalkeepers at different times, and that stuff can always change, right? Injuries right. and everything else. So um, that that that's probably one of the key things is, is timing and making sure things are buttoned up to to ensure that coaches are kept happy. But from the goalkeeping side, that I'm not just cutting the session halfway short, that the goalkeepers yeah. are still what they need. So kind of a, a logistical exercise in, in, in time management is, right. is, is probably the hardest part of it. Really. Speaking of keeping coaches happy, you know, how, how do you work with your head coaches of the different teams to, to keep them happy on a daily basis? Yeah, to be fair, the head coaches that we have uh, all, all through the academy are, are, are very, very good. We've got um, Tanner as the under-13s head coach. Again, you know, we get to have good conversations about what goalkeeper should be starting, who should be playing, and kind of where he sees the map versus where I see the map. Uh, and that's not saying it's different opinions, it's just always good to have it from a different eye. Um, we've got Shahad, who's been in the R14s now uh, for about half a year. Um, again, have conversations with the goalkeepers that we have at that age group. Again, who should be playing, who should not be playing. And then we've got um, Daniel Roberts is our is our formation director. And, um, you know, Dan's brilliant. Like, you know, he'll send over clips and he asks Jason myself questions through right. through the little videos he sends over about positioning stuff. Like I spoke to you yesterday, yeah. that kind of penetrative area. And, um, Dan loves having having Angel play that bit higher in the field, which, right. is, which is really interesting and it's great for great for Angel's development. So, to be fair, with the with the three guys in the formation, they're absolutely fantastic. And uh, Adine then would would be our under 17s coach, and uh, Adine's an open book as well. He's happy to talk about goalkeepers and who should be playing, and what he sees, and, and what we see. So, to be fair, from from the head coach's standpoint and the relationship that I have with them is is very good. And even our academy director Paul Holliker is is very open to talking about goalkeeping and he how he sees it. And, He'd be a big believer in, in terms of talking about the goalkeepers in possession. That would be like his, um, almost his primary focus when he looks at the goalkeeper right, position. Right. It's like when we're in possession, how can we how can we be super effective? Right. He leaves us for the out of possession stuff. Like we, we can take care of that. But from the in possession standpoint, he he uh, he likes to get involved with that and, and talking about different ideas through positional games and everything else. How we can incorporate the goalkeepers, right. which again fits into the club's Absolutely. game. Model. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, last question I have for you is what are you doing daily, monthly, what have you, um, to develop yourself as a coach? You know, what, what are some things that you, you feel you want to improve on uh, going into the next year? Yes, I think you're, you're constantly improving, right? Like, right? like the game is constantly evolving. I think I'm, I'm fortunate to be in the position I'm in. Um, again, I have had uh, playing experience with, with a multitude of different experiences. Uh, I've had a variety of different coaching jobs over the last number of years, again, with, with different experiences. Uh, which, which obviously form, formulate who I am and, and, and the opinions that I have on football today and, and how I look to develop goalkeepers. Um, from a coaching qualification standpoint, obviously I've got my UEFA license now, which is uh, currently the highest level goalkeeping qualification you can get. That's not saying that from a big time standpoint, I'm just saying that's, that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm looking right. forward to another one being created. There's talk of FIFA introducing a, a goalkeeper pro license, which yeah. I'd, be, I'd be all about getting myself on that. Like I said in the presentation yesterday, that doesn't make me better than anyone. Right. It just means I've invested time in, in that specific specific area of your development. I think people have different views on licenses. Um, just attain, obtaining a license doesn't mean you are you're a phenomenal coach. It just means right you've, you've invested time, money, effort uh, into your craft. Right, so it shows that you're serious about what you do. So 
I think there's continuing education in that regard. Um, I've got my UEFA B outfield license. I'm looking to continue to, to develop on that front as well. Again, a lot of the stuff that we do is is tactically based. Mm -hmm. So having an even better understanding of how teams press, where the space might be, how we can orientate ourselves right. to, to, to benefit ourselves in the press or, or against the press, should I say, or, or even in terms of the build-up, that's going to benefit me long as well. So looking at getting on my A license would be important. And, um, again, watching videos of, of different goalkeeper coaches in different varieties, again, context is key. But trying to trying to understand what, what goalkeeper coaches are doing, how they operate, because everyone's different. Right? Not everyone's going to be the right. same as, as as myself. Not everyone's going to be the same as Jason. Not everyone's right. going to be the same as Paul Rogers, who's been with us, mm -hmm. um, and obviously just moved to Cincinnati. So it's constantly learning, evolving, and, and trying to pick and choose what works in your environment. Right. Putting your own putting your own uh, finishing touch on it. I love it. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, no it. Problem. Appreciate you coming on. No problem. Yeah. Thanks for having me.